Now that Calais Campbell and other veterans are gone, where will the leadership come from in Jacksonville? This is Tony Wiggins with your Jacksonville Jaguars report here on Locked On Jaguars. Many times when players come and go, what we think about is their ability on the field and the things that they accomplish and who they are in terms of their production. But there's something else that we have to pay attention to, especially with the team uh, like the Jaguars. It's leadership. Leadership has uh, seemingly been hurting over the last couple of years. However, they have been a team that have been have been identified that has a great leader in Calais Campbell. Well, Calais is now in Baltimore. He'll take his leadership talents as well as his on-field talents in Baltimore. But the question remains for Jacksonville. Who do you have left to be the leader? And maybe it's not going to be a player who leads this team. Maybe now the leadership will come from the coaches. A lot of coaches on that staff with head coaching experience. Maybe this is the turn that the Jaguars made on purpose. Coaches over players. And I don't mind that, but it better work. Here's a challenge, though. The challenge right now for Jacksonville is this. This pandemic that has bothered uh, the entire nation, not just uh, the Jaguars and not just every other team in the league, but every other sport, every other industry, the economy, all of our lives have been changed a little bit. The thing is, is one day the hope, the hope and optimism that we all have that this will end and we will get back to normal is very, very real. And obviously, it's something that we're all optimistically hoping for. When that happens and football season starts again, I think the Jaguars will be one of the teams that will be worse off for this. Now, up to this point, in terms of training and in terms of all of the, the things that go on with a football team and having hands-on and many camps, that'll all be relative because it's all even. Every single team had the same situation. So from, from that standpoint, it's equal. It's equal treatment. So it's not going to hurt one team. It may hurt the overall product, but it won't hurt one team from uh, – the standpoint of fair and unfair more than it hurts the other the only way it starts to hurt is when you look at the individual teams and you look at where they are as an organization how they're built and uh, at, at what stage in their growth and development they're in this year there was a lot of change in Jacksonville so when there's a lot of change obviously you have a built-in challenge of creating continuity and you had to change because the continuity you had was rocky and it wasn't good. So you had to change to try to get on the right track. But that being said, when you let go of veterans, veterans that have a presence that can really teach guys how to how to move and, and, and how to, uh, you know, navigate themselves through the offseason. When they're gone and you have a young team, which the Jaguars will have a young team with all of those draft picks. They'll have a team that's not very familiar with each other, uh, with the exception of a few guys coming back. It's going to be more of a challenge because now they have to make the adjustments without the veteran leadership that reinforces what the coaches want done in those meeting rooms, what the coaches want said and what the coaches want done. These guys won't have a big example of, of, of how to move. You know, Calais Campbell was not only a big man with a big presence, but he was also a, a person who gave you an example of what it should be like uh, on a day-to-day -day basis as a professional. So did Paul Puzzlesny a few years back and guys like that. So I look now and say, where are they going to get that from? Who are the leaders? Who are the leaders on this team? I think the leaders on this team right now are the second-year quarterback in Gardner Minshew and a second-year defensive end in Josh Allen. You want to think Miles Jack is the leader, but the problem with Miles Jack is Miles Jack is still fighting to find his feet and get his feet under him and find his place on this football team. Uh, I know he's paid like a leader, but 
Uh, there's some question as to whether or not he will be the leader. Maybe Joe Schobert will be the leader. The problem with that is Joe Schobert was let go by Cleveland when they had salary cap money to resign him, and they just chose not to. So where does your leadership come from? Does it come from Leonard Fournette, who all the players love and is funny as hell on social media? But by you know by default, I'd say no because he's a running back. So that's a question. I think because they've added two guys with head coaching experience, I think they're going to change this entire thing around. And the leadership will be the coaches like, you know, when you look at some other teams, the leadership in Baltimore comes from John Harbaugh. I think that's what the Jaguars are going to try to get back to. Take the pressure off the players. All they have to do is just play and be a team and be on the same page. And the leadership will actually come from the coaching staff. So we're going to take a look at it. We're going to talk about some of the disadvantages that are going to be uh, magnified uh, because of what happens with uh, the pandemic and, and COVID-19, uh, we're going to see how it magnifies with a younger team. And I'll give you my um, my advantages and then I'll give you, you know, some things that I can do that the team uh, can, uh, can can overcome. The things this team can do to overcome that. And we'll do that in the second segment here on Locked on Jaguars. I think going young for the Jaguars. Uh, you know, while in itself is a good move. I really do think that this pandemic couldn't come at a worse time for a team that's really trying to transition and go young. Because when you go young and you have a lot of draft picks and you're kind of rebuilding your team and you're reshuffling your foundation, the thing you need is time. That time is extremely more valuable to a team like Jacksonville than it will be to a team like Kansas City who didn't have a bunch of turnover, who won the Super Bowl, or who has a lot of veterans coming back. That time uh, is not as valuable to Indy because Indy's bringing in Phillip Rivers, and I know everybody has to get used to Phillip Rivers. But one, Phillip Rivers has been seems like he's been playing football since Johnny Unitas has been playing football. Two, uh, he's very, very familiar with the head coach and Frank Wright, and they're familiar with him. So I don't think Indy has that much of an adjustment. And I'm looking inside of the division. I think Houston wants to hurry up and get back on the field because they've had such a disaster off the field. The best thing about them is they still have Deshaun Watson and they still have J.J. Watt. They want to get back on the field as soon as possible. Uh, four, when you look at Tennessee, they're going to be bringing most of their guys back and just adding a few players. So while the inside of the division, there's not a lot of turnover, so there'll be a lot of familiarity. And it doesn't mean that teams just just go in and pick up where they left off. No, they reboot things. But while Jacksonville is, is, is trying to teach, other teams are just trying to uh, reboot their familiarity with what they already had going on unless they uh, created wholesale changes. And for the most part, I don't think you'll see wholesale changes on any of those teams within the division. And you know you have to win the division before you win anything. And you have to be able to be in the upper echelon of the division Three teams from one division aren't making the playoffs, so you got to crack that top two. And it's going to be more difficult for Jacksonville because of all of the new things, including the new offensive coordinator. The one advantage that you do have with the fact that it's a new offensive coordinator is you have a quarterback that's like a coach mentally. Uh, so I, I don't think Gardner's going to have a hard time picking things up. I, I think, if anything, other guys will have a hard time picking things up. Uh, when are they going to do install? Is the NFL going to shuffle this no-contact situation and allow some virtual coaching to go on? Um, 
are they going to allow some stuff online for guys since they can't all gather? Can they, is the NFL going to bend its rules a little bit and start letting these guys teach the playbook and go over philosophy? I haven't heard anyone talk about that. I've seen college coaches doing it. I guess the NFLPA would have to sign off on it, but maybe in a situation like this, they could have some sort of temporary rule or some sort of temporary agreement that says, hey, man, whenever we were supposed to be doing these mini camps, you guys got to sit by a computer just like a lot of other people. You got to work from home and they're going to allow these these teams to do some installation and, and to do some things like that. Maybe after the draft, when they're supposed to start having these mini camps and the draft guys coming in, maybe what they'll allow them to do is uh, have uh, timed meetings and timed uh, uh, conferences when these things can be coached. And, and it's still not going to be as it's still not going to be as as fruitful as doing it in person, especially with the young guys and getting your hands on them. Because we talk to all, I talk all the time. People look at these young guys when they come out uh, and these rookies and, you know, they're all cock strong. And you look at some of the veterans and they got a little baby fat on them. Go look at Navy SEALs. Look at the Navy SEALs that when they first come out of training, they're all cut up. And look at the ones that's been doing it for a while. They got a little fat on them and got their little puffy faces and beards. That's because they adjust their bodies to what they need. You know, they don't look all young. They don't look like Tarzan anymore. The skill position players do, but I'm talking about the linemen more than anything. They put that extra weight on, man, and they need that extra weight. Why do you think all these guys, when they when they stop playing, they, they drop 40, 50 pounds and, and start looking like basketball players? It's because they put the extra weight on because they know during the season they're going to need the weight and they're going to need the strength. Um, and, and they eat so many calories because they lose so much weight while they're working out every day. It, it's just a different ball game. So these are some of the things that these young guys are going to have to learn they're going to have to they're going to have to learn how to have grown man strength without being able to go against grown man grown men in practice and that's a very very difficult thing to do especially when you're facing a tough schedule the Jaguars have a very tough schedule so the fact that they're so young um, that's where what we're going through hurts them a, a lot more then it, it may hurt another team. One, there's a lot of transition, especially with coaches and maybe even the philosophy. Two, a lot of young guys coming. And more importantly, there are a lot of seasoned veterans that left. There are a lot of guys that really, really, really know how to act in the room, inside these various rooms. A.J. Boye, total professional. Guys like that that departed this football team. And uh, it's hard for me to figure out which one of those things is more important. The guys that left, uh, and what they took with them or the guys, uh, the fact that there are so many young guys coming in, I don't know which one of those is worse. And it's really bad when you put them both together. So that's why I think, although it's an afterthought, it's just something worth mentioning. And we're doing this with an eye forward towards when things uh, get back to some sort of normalcy. We're, we're definitely not thinking about it right now. We're still thinking about our first responders and still thinking about being safe and all the victims and doing everything that we have to do in order for us to curb this. But this entire conversation is about, OK, well, when they come back, what effects will this have once everyone returns? Because it's all relative and it's all equal, except for the fact that when you start looking at the way each individual team is built, as I've said, and you start looking at the fact that uh at what stage in their building process each team is i think it hurts the teams that don't have as much familiarity with each other and don't have the experience uh 
don't have the coaches and pads, if you will, uh, to, 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 to make it not be as bad. All right, on the other side, what I'm going to talk about is for a long time, the Jaguars were thought to have an advantage when it comes to something. Well, now that something has doubled, and once again, you have less people that know how to deal with it. You already know what it is, and I'll tell you what that is from, in my own voice in just a second here on Locked on Jaguars. One of the advantages uh, that the Jaguars have had, even though fans don't like the fact that there are games in London, we kind of understood that there was going to be one game in London. And when you looked at the schedule, usually when everybody's going through and trying to figure out wins and losses, they always say the same thing. Well, unless it's a real good team, Jacksonville has an advantage. And that advantage is that they know how to do it and they know how to travel. And they've done it so many times before that, it, you know, they'll have an advantage because it's a difference. And they, and they know how to uh, handle that flight over there in the week of practice in another place. Well, now they have two games like that. All right. So you would think on the surface that there would be two games where they'd have an advantage over those teams. Let me tell you something. Over the years, more and more teams have made this trek now, and then some have gone over to Mexico. So uh, the, the longer these games go on in, 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 um, in London, and the longer these games go on, and the more often these games happen, and the more often other teams get a chance to do it, that little gap and that little advantage closes. But where it really closes down is this when you think about it. It's not as if the Jaguars are the same team they were in 2017 when it was a clear advantage. How many players on this team uh, are actually experienced players that were here and going to London every single year uh, for a number of years? I don't think that advantage is as big as it used to be because of the fact that it's a young team again. And now you have a young team, you have an inexperienced team, you have a team that lacks leadership. Uh, between the, the 12 draft picks and the 10 guys that they signed and the free agents that they've signed, the Jaguars may end up with 20 or 21 new people on this team. So that's a little bit less than half of your, half of your football team. That, that advantage is gone now. They don't necessarily have an advantage over people when it comes to traveling to London because more teams have done it. That's one thing. But the other thing is this. These aren't the same guys that have been doing it. I know a lot of times when we look at teams, we, we, we sometimes tend to think that they're all the same people just because the uniforms are the same. These aren't the same guys. These aren't the same guys that have been going to London every single year and understanding how to travel and understanding how to actually win games when they go to London. You can't even count the guys from last year because they lost when they went to London. Yeah. So they don't necessarily, they no longer actually have the advantage to that as we think. So when looking at this and you wonder, with guys like Calais being gone, where's the leadership? I don't know. Could it be Gardner Minshew? I think it has to be because he's going to be the guy having the ball in his hand all, all the time. And fair or unfair, that's just what it is. He's going to have to be more than just a guy roots for as an underdog. And I always say this, it ain't no fun when the rabbit has the gun. Once there is no Nick Foles making all of that money sitting on the bench to compare him to, once there is no guy standing up talking about culture, when another guy's just saying, hey, man, can you dig it? We're just trying to do everything that we can. Now, there is no other person to compare him to. There is no, well, he's better than the other guy. Well, he's more like us than the other guy. 
where he gets he gets and he personifies the city more than anyone else. No, all of those things that we talked about with Gardner Minshew are out the window now. You know what? He's going to be judged just like anybody else on wins and losses. He is the starting quarterback. There's no other reason or there's no other thing uh, that people have to hang on to when it comes to, when it comes to thinking about how how he's viewed and how he's judged. He will be viewed and judged based on his performance now. And that's why I say there's pressure. And now add the extra pressure is that he's got to be the leader because really, one, he's the quarterback, but two, you know, all the other guys are gone. Josh Allen. Josh Allen's a, a phenomenal player. I wish uh, I wish I was been a fly on the wall in some of the meetings as to why he didn't play more snaps. You know, what was the reason that he wasn't on the field more? Why? Why was he not on the field more? And don't tell me it's because, well, we had we like to save guys, and that's our philosophy. We got Smoot in, and he got some sacks. We had Ngakwe, and we also had uh, – sometimes we had to go big, so we left Taven Bryant in the game at three technique, and we leave Calais at the big end. So we were just rotating guys. If it's not working, you, your rotation means diddly-poo if it's not working. And the other thing is this. If he's this outworldly talent that you say he is, He's too good for you to take him off the field in those situations. So either you're incompetent or maybe there's something else about him that you notice. Did he start to get, was his conditioning right? Was there a need? Did, did he not, was he more reacting than he was? Did, were the things he was doing wrong on tape that didn't show up to the average eye or the average fan? There has to be an explanation as to why. If he's this generational talent and if he's this guy that you notice right now is the most valuable player and the most valuable individual in this franchise, you can't make an excuse good enough for me that he didn't play more. So I'd like to be a fly on the wall in those discussions. And if those discussions had anything to do with anything other than his ability or some weakness or something he just didn't quite get yet, and he got all of those stats and those sacks and made all of those splash plays just off of instinct, if it doesn't sound something like that, that, hey, maybe he doesn't understand this or doesn't understand that or he gets a little bit fatigued, if it do, then that means that the people running the defense are still as incompetent as they ever were because he should have been out there every single play when you're trying to win. Miles Jack, they made sure that they said that's the Mike. That's the guy. He, he's the man. He was called making the calls on the defense. We're going to make this happen. They said it for three years that that's what they were headed for, and that's what they were going to do. How does he react now to having the red dot taken from him and given to somebody else, and now him not being that leader? Does he play? I'm not even talking about physically. I'm more talking about psychologically. You know, when somebody gives you the microphone and you're, lead, and you're the lead singer, now they take it and tell you you're a background singer. Does it mess with you a little bit? Are you, are you relieved? And do you want someone who's relieved at the fact that they are no longer the leader of the defense? Whoo, I don't have to do that. Thank God I can just play. Is that a guy you want to pay $50 million? So there's a lot of questions to be asked. Or is it none of the above and this is just going to be a situation where the coaches are the leaders of the team and the players just all play and the coaches make the biggest imprint on the team, even in New England with Tom Brady. It was always it, you always felt like while Tom was the, the 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 unstoppable, cool, calm, and collected force and the goat and all of that stuff, that it was still about Belichick. It was still about McDaniel's. It was still about the Patriot Way. It was still about their program. 
So if that's the way it's going to be, Jacksonville, the program has to tighten up. This program absolutely has to tighten up. And you can start by not putting guys like Josh Allen on the bench for 40% of the snaps. They are going to have to have guys that trust them, and, and, and they're going to have to make good decisions. And we can't look at games every week and have experts questioning their coverages. And we can't go to press conferences after the game and hear people saying, yeah, that was a mistake. That, that was what we planned, and they showed us stuff we didn't see. Thank you for being transparent, and thank you for being honest. But here's your pink slip. Goodbye. You need to be able to see that stuff before it happens. Don't come telling us what we already saw. Hell, we know you didn't have the right game plan. But now you lost another one. At some point, the program has to tighten up. If you're going to be leaning on the program itself, the program and the approach, all of that stuff has to be something that actually is strong enough for you to lean on. If not, it'll all collapse. Look, uh, have your friends follow us on Apple Tunes, uh, on iTunes rather, on Apple, and follow us along on Spotify. You can subscribe and then tell your friends and family also to subscribe to Locked On Jaguars and listen to this great content that we try to provide for you every day. Yeah, I just called myself great by accident, but hey, that's what it is. Also, check out our network-wide programming. Chad Ford has his uh, inside NBA Insiders that has started on Locked On. It, it is a wonderful show. Chad's great about Locked On NFL sports dudes, uh, Locked On uh, NFL Draft as well as Locked On Fantasy Football. Network-wide stuff, all you got to do is go on the Locked On uh, Podcast Network uh, website or just follow every one of those things I just mentioned on Twitter and uh, get all of this information that we're putting out. The Mock Draft, we'll be releasing a little bit uh, of that at a time, so make sure you tune in and listen every week, uh, every day. This is a daily podcast. Listen every day, and uh, usually at the end of the show, I'll tell you, what's coming up and what some of the things you can look for. Until next time, this is T-Wig here on Locked on Jaguars. Enjoy, stay safe.